Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. My name is Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. As always, we're brought to you by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Jerem, nice teaser, by the way. Thank you. I, I'm uh, I'm stoked to be here. Of course, uh, in June is some of the funnest shows that we have, Spencer, out there because uh, we could be a little more creative. Not much going on, but hey, when the NBA playoffs are are happening and the Utah Jazz are in the second round, look who shows up at uh, Vivint Arena. Carl Malone back in town, hanging out at his statue, just chilling. The mailman, uh, which brings me to this. Uh, I don't know if it's like idol worship or something, why there aren't more statues on campus, but I would love to have a Lavelle Edwards statue outside yeah, LES. Yeah. I w- there's, we're, we're fine with like a cougar. Uh, I would love the quarterback factory as well out there. I think it'd be really cool. Who's the first quarterback that deserves a statue in front of Lavelle Edwards Stadium? Behind Lavelle Edwards Stadium himself, of course. I would think Ty because of the Heisman. Okay. I would think Jim. I would think Steve. I would think Giff. Like all the college football. Hall well, and famers. that's why I think your T-shirt today is appropriate. Yeah, it's, I don't listen. I don't even remember the guy's name, but I saw it online a couple years ago, and I said, "Hey, where'd you get that?" And he said, "Well, I made them like ten or twenty years ago, yeah. and I have some extras if you want some." And I was like, "Yeah, thank you." I can't even remember the dude's name. That's my bad. I'm sorry, but uh, there's a line of shirts that have the quarterbacks on them in Lavelle. Yeah, which is super cool. I just want John Stockton to show up too, along with Carl Malone. Then wouldn't that like be like just this amazing surreal moment if the Jazz win the NBA Finals this year with those two guys in Let, attendance? Let's just see if the Jazz can get through the Clippers first. But I yes. know, I now, know. Can John Stockton play tonight if Mike Conley can't go? <laughs> yeah, the Jazz are going to miss their All Star guard if he can't go. But our Jazz fandom is showing a lot here. It is. It's coming out I know, here. There's, there's a lot happening I know people here. are like, dude, do you like the Blazers or the Jazz? I don't. I'm an NBA polygamist. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just gave us the title of the show today. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. Oh, our show lineup includes the return of Brian Logan. We're going to talk BYU football with Belo. Get his number one concern for the BYU football defense and overall for that matter and what he thinks about the latest quarterback battle also this BYU schedule in 2021 is obviously tough seven power fives is it the toughest ever however we'll assess that and discuss and more accolades for track and field Michael Bluth will join us the all-american to preview the national championships bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines Kalani Sitake says the starting QB race is down to three with Jaron Hall, Baylor Romney, and Jacob Conover. He was at a golf tournament for a kidney foundation yesterday and mentioned that. So Solje Mayava-Peters is out of the running uh, for starter. Sitake said every rep in spring ball helped trim the field. So no shock. We've been saying we think it's a three-horse race, not a four-horse race. Solje Mayava-Peters is certainly talented and uh, excited about his future. But, yeah, down to three. So not like not breaking news, <laughs> spraining news in this case. Viliami Tausinga has officially joined the BYU football team. Tausinga, a member of the 2018 BYU recruiting class, returns to the team from his two-year mission trip for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Tausinga will play linebacker for the Cougars. Elijah Bryan had six points uh, in nine minutes in okay. Game 2 of the Eastern Conference semifinals between the Bucks and Nets. 
Nets up 2-0, just absolutely destroying the Bucks. It was ugly. That's part of the reason why Elijah gets in the game there, but I uh, had six points in their minutes. Nationally ranked BYU track and field will compete in the 2021 NCAA Outdoor Track and Field Championships tomorrow. The fifth ranked men will compete Wednesday and Friday, except for the decathlon. That'll conclude on Thursday. The 11th ranked BYU women will compete on Thursday and Saturday. Good luck to all of the athletes involved as they look for some Hayward magic. Gordon Hayward, I think, uh, lives there. USA Women's Volleyball Olympic roster is out. Is out. Notably, former Cougar player and assistant coach Lucas Slabe is an assistant on that team with head coach Karch Karai. That's awesome. Uh, team ranked number one in the world, competing in the Volleyball Nations League in Italy. How about some swimmers from BYU at the Olympic trials? Sophomore Tama Tuitama swam a two-minute, three-second, 8500s, 200 individual medley in Wave 1 of the Olympic qualifying trials. He'll compete in Wave 2 tonight. Senior Connor Sterling takes 8th and 53. Good enough for the final spot in the B Heat. Wave 2 begins on June 13th. Is Connor related to Scott? That's a question we'll uh, look into later. Brennan Lund went 3 for foe with a triple and a homer to go with 4 RBI. He's uh, balling. He's, he's balling, man. Triple A Salt Lake Beast, 9-2 win versus Tacoma last night. Shout out to uh, Steve Clark. Lund had six, uh, has six dingers and two triples. And not only is he balling offensively, he's been making some web gems as well in center field for the Bees. Pretty good stuff from the former Batcat. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports. Day. What's Trending presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. Seven power five opponents on the BYU football schedule. I believe that is the 197th time we've mentioned that in the last month. Maybe we've done more than that, but I lost count a while back. It's a Power 5 schedule. Jerem, the point is BYU's schedule upcoming in 2021 on paper looks very, very difficult and challenging, especially when you juxtapose it with what BYU had to cobble together in 2020. So my question now is, looking at 2021, because it is so loaded with talented opponents, is this 2021 season the toughest schedule BYU football has ever faced? In a word, no. Uh, I've never said this is loaded with talented opponents, per se, right? Uh, Arizona is not a good team. They're not. Uh, Utah is a good team. Arizona State is expected to be better than they've been. South Florida's not good. Utah State is figuring it out, new head coach. Uh, Boise State, always good, always tough they've game. They've got a new coach. Baylor is uh, good, question mark. Uh, Washington State is good, question mark. Virginia is good, question mark. Okay. Idaho State, FCS, Georgia Southern. That's that's a, a team that has won some games. That's a game that BYU should go win uh, on the road. And Statesboro, Georgia. And then, of course, USC is USC. So, no, it's not, it's not the toughest. Um, we'll assess the toughest schedule in BYU history in a moment. But it, it, is, it is certainly tough. Um, the way I've tried to quantify and assess the schedule is just straight up like P5 opponents. Okay. There are other things involved. When the season ends, I like to look at things like, how many teams finished in the top 25? Mm-hmm. How many teams won at least eight games? How many teams won 10-plus games? What was the cumulative percentage of everybody so that we can uh, assess that against other years? Those things matter to me. But when I look up straight-up Power 5, the Power 5 thing, you know, we should look at probably just like top 40. But okay. before the season, it's hard to know exactly who's going to shake out where. 
the power five thing is their backups are going to be better, uh, equal to or better in some cases against BYU. I feel like BYU's backups match up really well against the Arizona, Arizona States, and Washington States of the world. What about I, Baylor? I, and probably Baylor. Probably. I, I'm, I'm not sure. Utah and USC, that's where I go, mm, no, there's, there is a lot. There is more talent there. That doesn't mean you're a better team, though. The best team is the team that executes on that day, has a good game plan. BYU has good coaches. BYU uh, overachieves uh, often because they have coaches who are doing uh, um, performing at a level higher than, say, maybe what they're getting paid. And the same with some of the players, right? Dax Milne, massive overachievement this last year. Zach Wilson, not expected to be a first-round draft pick, ends up being number two. That kind of stuff. That's what BYU has built itself on is we are going to maximize what we can do with this program in this situation. Okay. If 2021 is not the most difficult schedule, and Jerem and I are in agreement on this, what is? Enter 1991, senior season for Ty Detmer, following his Heisman Trophy campaign. Look at the slate BYU faced in 91. These are final AP rankings. Florida State opened the season number one. BYU faced them in Anaheim. Then the Cougars go on the road to UCLA, who finished in the top 20. Hard-fought game, lose by four. Then BYU has to go across the country and take on Joe Paterno's Penn State Nittany Lions, and they get blown out 33-7, to only to come home and open up against the next best team in conference play, Air Force, and they get their first victory of the season. Ty Detmer as a senior was 1-3, but he opened that campaign yeah. against four teams that finished in the AP Top 25, and it's not like it got easier at the end of the year with San Diego State, that incredible 52-52 tie. That was a very good team with Marshall Falk. BYU plays a top 10 team, Iowa, in the Holiday Bowl, and they finish in a 13 13. 90s highlights alert. 90s highlights that alert. I love that. Schedule this. was absolutely yes. bonkers. I went to the UCLA game. That was my first game as a Cougar in the Rose Bowl, that was, or, or as a BYU fan. That was great. Okay, yeah, 91, so hard. So, most final AP top 25 teams BYU's ever faced in a okay. season. Five, three in the top 10. Okay, second highest cumulative opponent win percentage. Okay. 58%. That was a really tough overall slate. And you mentioned uh, why. I go 2004 as the next toughest ever because you play the national champions eventually, USC. Yep. Uh, three, uh, three in the top 12 of the final AP, including two of the top four because Utah has its Fiesta Bowl winning team mm-hmm. that year. Boise State ends up 12th. That is a really hard schedule. Oh, yeah, you Not to mention Dame Colorado Stanford. On, and they're not even ranked teams, but just notable. Yeah. Those, like Colorado teams. State was really good, right, in, in that era. I go 03 as the next toughest. I just think John Beck, when he comes back from mission, it's just brutal. Yeah. He and Matt Berry are trying to get through this. Four power fives, number one uh, USC. AP national champ that year didn't play in the BCS title game, but AP gave him the national championship after they beat Michigan. Three AP final top uh, ranked 25 teams, right? And uh, one of the highest cumulative win percentages as well. When I look at the highest cumulative win percentage thing, it's really interesting. Can I read you some of the easiest Please schedules do. Please do. in BYU history? How about the fourth easiest by cumulative win percentage? 84. Okay. Fifth is a 01. Okay. Sixth is 2011. Um, eighth is 2006. It's, it's interesting. Where does 2020 rank? 2020 is 20th. Oh! So I have, I have ranked since 72 because, honestly, I don't really care 
pre-72 about the Power okay. Five and when... So maybe 2020 is not as easy as some people are thinking it was? Well, I mean, yes and no. Um, no Power Fives. That's just the second time since 72 BYU's done that. Like, there's a reason. Choice again. There's a reason you win 11. Um, like, 96 is, uh, you know, a hair... By cumulative win percentage only. Again, that's one metric. It's not everything, but it's something. Um, the end of the season thing really matters. Um, you know, num- so 2013 is interesting because that's the only other season BYU has played seven power fives. So what happened? Uh, BYU had a sophomore, Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, and an incredible defense. And BYU took a sec to get that offense figured out with yep. Robert and I coming back. <sighs> right? The Virginia loss still hurts a lot. Yes. Um, when at Texas was awesome. Um, you know, BYU plays seven power fives. They were spread out. Now, Notre Dame and Wisconsin are pretty good teams. Uh, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, and Washington all win nine games. Mm-hmm. So three of the last five are against power five, nine-win teams. Mm-hmm. That's just all road or neutral. BYU does not get road wins against power five teams that win eight-plus very often. The Tennessee win in 2019 was rare. Wisconsin in, in 20, 2018. Yes, 18, which, by the way, 2018 was really hard. That's tied for third most power fives in a season, and that's the fourth highest cumulative win percentage. Wow. Components. Tanner Mangum took the brunt of that at the beginning, goes three and three and gets pulled, and Zach Wilson gets the easier part of that. That sets up a 2019 season where BYU plays a really hard schedule, but goes seven and six. That was the precursor to 2020. Sometimes you need you need to just learn something to get somewhere else, and that's okay. what happened with BYU football. Wow, BYU has faced some really strict and stringent, tough. You choose the word you want to use. Schedules. It's hard to know what BYU will face until you can look after the fact. That's what makes this conversation right. so fun is we think we have an idea of what these opponents will be in 2021. Who knows? Maybe Baylor has this amazing breakout year. Maybe Nick Rolovich. Well, but maybe they suck. Washington State is like, oh, hey, they, they win nine or ten games. They're feeling good in the Pac-12. Or, to your point, maybe all these teams are just, eh. And BYU besides, takes advantage because Utah USA. they have yeah. – at least half of their Power 5 opponents at home and four of the seven either at a neutral site or at home. BYU does not play true road game until October 16th. Amazing. True road. Okay. Neutral Arizona is like a home game, honestly. Or split, right? Sure. Of course. And then at Utah State, which is can be a tough place to play. I don't think it's tough this year. Our question of the day is the 2021 BYU football schedule – the toughest in history. If not, which season is the toughest? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Twiggy or Stone, friend of the program, on Twitter answers, if we are just basing this analysis on the number of Power 5 teams, then yes. We're not. But we're not, clearly. Yeah. I think it's really hard to look at it before the games happen and determine the strength of schedule. Again, that's what makes this conversation yeah. so intriguing and fun. In 1984, the win against Pitt looked amazing until they, Pittsburgh, started playing the rest of their schedule and finished 3-7-1. and one. Yeah, Pitt stunk in the 84. So, yeah, it, what I really love and something we figured out in doing the show the last eight years is, how did that team end up doing? Like, no one really looks at that. They just, hey, when BYU beat Oklahoma, they had the Heisman Trophy winner and were ranked third. 
Oklahoma, because they have to play Landry Jones as a freshman, goes eight and five. Yep. So, when, oh, well, BYU beat Oklahoma and Notre Dame in 94. Neither of those teams won seven games. That was the time to beat them. And maybe why did BYU beat them? Because maybe they were down a little bit. Yes, BYU gets some great wins, but oftentimes that team is not as good as you thought. Oh, Wisconsin's ranked sixth, 2018. That was massive, right? It was massive, but Wisconsin ends up going eight and five. They were a preseason, like college football playoff contender. They did not end up that kind of team. So catch them when you can, right? When BYU beats Miami in 90, that team finishes third. That is the greatest win in BYU history because Miami was actually super legit, but so was BYU. In the top five for six weeks that year, BYU was legit as well and then crumbled at the end. 1983, all of this conversation just makes me feel better and better about 83 being the best overall team that the Cougars have had because of what they did against teams when you look after the fact. Two road wins against teams that finished in the top 20. It's pretty good. 84 is like, how many losses did we have again? <laughs> Coming up. And it's like the same guys, which is funny too. Summer polls are back. Who has the best sailor hat logo? Plus, former BYU defensive back, one of our favorites, Belo Brian Logan joins us to talk Cougar football. What does he think of the 2021 schedule? Is it the toughest ever? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation has its own YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to get the latest interviews, opinions, and episodes of BYU Sports Nation right now on YouTube. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is a longtime friend, former BYU defensive back star, a man who has spent several hours in Studio B with us. His name is Brian Logan. B-Lo, it's good to see you, man. What's up? What's going on? Hey, we're talking football schedules today. Are Are you up for this? I'm so excited to be back. I'm so excited. I'll take that as a yes. Hey, yes, yes, I'm ready. 2021 loaded, seven power fives. But as we just pointed out, maybe some of these power five teams, especially the ones that are coming to Provo, are not as talented as they have been in the past. Yet, there are just several brand names all over the schedule. So, Brian, is the 2021 BYU football schedule, after all is said and done, going to be the toughest that BYU football ever plays? I don't think so, man. Um I think, you know, as analysts and fans, we have to kind of remove the, the P5, you know, um, I guess, you know, hype when it, when it comes to certain schools. On paper and sometimes even with the brand, schools look really appealing. And, and you kind of get scared, like, oh, man, you got Arizona and Arizona State and all these different types of schools. But at the end of the day, like, Arizona really sucks. You know, like, like, they, like, I mean, I'm not concerned it's about true. school. They're not like, good. Like, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're not. And, you know, when you look at the, the history of BYU football and, you know, just the, the, the schedules, obviously, you know, the, the first couple games are always P5 teams. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. But for the most part, I mean, BYU can hang with those types of, of, of teams, right? Especially if they're mid-tier to, you know, bottom level of, of their conference. I mean, BYU is winning those games. You know what I mean? We're winning those games. So I see a lot of those types of teams on this schedule. 
And, and so I, I don't really, you know, think it's going to be the hardest. Um, I, I think BYU, you know, depending on injuries, it all comes down to injuries, can, can come away with a lot of wins. Okay, I absolutely agree with you. And just looking at Arizona year to year, since 2015, two winning seasons, and those two were seven and six both years. They're not, they're not a program that BYU can't handle. Obviously, in 08 in the Vegas Bowl, it's a different story, a, a less motivated BYU, whatever. Arizona won. I, I actually hate that conversation about it. They weren't motivated. <laughs> Who cares? Arizona won. But BYU has won this game a bunch against Arizona. Okay, Utah, always a tough game. Arizona State. That's going to be a good game. Arizona State is expected to be top 25-ish. We'll see, though. Um, You know, Boise State and not a power five, but that's always a tough game. Baylor, I don't know what Baylor's going to be. I know they have Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos. I know they're Big 12 and they sling it. Washington State, what are they going to be with Nick Rolovich in his second year? Virginia, like two years ago, Virginia was in the Orange Bowl, but they're they're just okay, right? And then USC is always tough. It's manageable. Look, look, take your side, take your side, man. With, with Virginia. I don't know about Virginia. <laughs> and I'm not, I mean, obviously I'm a little bit biased with You're defending Bronco, your boy, but I'm just, okay, this is the best way I could, I could put this, right? And, and, and you, Bronco is not really the type to, to put a certain emphasis on, on a certain game, right? Um, however, I th- you know, behind closed doors, like this, this one has to be circled on his calendar. Yes. You know what I mean? Of like, course. Think of that. Think think about think about the love of your life, like this, like a girlfriend or something, like dumping you, and you get an opportunity to, you know, come back with a supermodel on your arm. Like, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen, man? You know, you know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm about to do anything and everything in my power, stay up late, watch extra film. I'm gonna lift weights, even though I'm not playing the game. I'm still gonna lift weights. You know what I mean? Just to get my mindset ready because I'm gonna feel, you know, some type of way that you guys you know, they didn't want me anymore. So I, I, I think that that's going to be a good one, you know, obviously. And, and if it wasn't Bronco in the scenario, I would say, you know, just like what you say, Jerem, it's, it's definitely manageable. That's another team that's usually, a, you know, a BYU football team or, or program can, you know, can win. Brian Logan with us on BYU Sports Nation. Now, I like your comparison. However, Broncos the one that broke up with BYU, technically speaking. So, yeah. With that in mind, <laughs> with that in mind, I know you want to talk fans and all that stuff, push them <laughs> away. Like for whatever reason, he made the decision to go to Virginia. So, whatever does, reason, three million decisions. Does reason. that decision, <laughs> backed by three point two million dollars per year, give BYU added motivation to say, "Hey, we're better than when you left us." What do you think about that dynamic going into the BYU-Virginia game? I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, it, let's, okay, let's, let's put it back into, you know, let's put ourselves in, in Kalani's shoes, right? I'm thinking the same thing that, that, that Bronco's thinking. If I'm in his shoes, I'm thinking, okay, this man's going to want to come back hard. You know, guns are blazing. He's going to have his team focused. So, you know what? Like, you know, you ain't going to get me this week. I'm about to turn it up a notch, too. And so, obviously, you know, coaches do a really good job of keeping their, their teams even keeled throughout the week, trying to, you know, keep their teams from certain distractions and, and storylines. But at the end of the day, when, they, when, the, when these coaches go home to their wives and to their families, look, I'm going to need an extra two hours, three hours of quiet time. I, got, I need to focus. This is, just give me a week, babe. One week. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, deep down in their hearts, 
you know, you have two competitive guys that understand these storylines. And I'm not saying that I don't want to compare the analogy to, to Shaq and Kobe, but you know, when you when you look at the competitiveness, right? And and when Kobe won that ring and he's like, hey, I got one more than Shaq. It's you know, it's, it's kind of like that. You you have this masculine energy and this competitive edge and fire that ultimately you want to come down to win. So I'm I'm with you, Spencer. I think it goes both ways. That'll be a fun matchup. Although I think the NBA comps are Raul Neto and Georges Nyang for these two. But anyway, we can discuss that. <laughs> okay. Um, walk us through. Obviously, we look at it a certain way. Fans look at it a certain way. Team looks at it a different way. Tom Holland may even look at it a different way. What's it like when you went into 09 and you knew, oh, man, we've got Oklahoma. We've got Florida State. we got TCU and Utah. You didn't know until later. We have Oregon State, who was a ranked team at the time. What's it like as a player getting ready for a schedule like this? You know, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, you know, and, and this is this is like the furthest you know furthest away from a political answer that a, that athletes just say because usually we're we're taught you know every game is the same and it's just the next week up. Man, heck no, no, no way, no way. When you look at certain certain games and and I would say certain schedules, but then more so, you know, from a week to week, you know, basis, you you want to step your game up. I mean, you you really get excited because of the brand that you're playing against, and I think that's what really motivates a lot of a lot of players, right? Is is rising up to the challenge. That that's that's just who we are as athletes and competitors, and and so I think that's that's probably why when you look at the recruiting and obviously Kalani's done a good job. But that's that schedule has got to be appealing to a lot of kids that are maybe on the fence, um, you know, with with coming to a P5 school or coming to a, a team like like BYU. And and so you get excited. You don't go to school. You don't do homework. You don't see your girlfriends. You know, what I mean, like it's it's it, it takes you to a whole, you know, another level. And I'm excited for these guys because of, of the opportunity to travel um, the stadiums, obviously, you know, TV schedules and, and whatnot, and just overall the exposure, you know, e- even though I, we lost to, to Florida State, we don't, we don't, again, we don't talk about, I don't know if you guys remember, we don't talk about 2009 Florida State, but 2010 Florida State, I mean, even though we lost, right, just, just the venue and, and the brand growing up and watching those, those teams play, that's something that I'm going to always, for, you know, remember, and not the the exact you know play by play or even the win or the loss, but just the, the atmosphere um, and the energy and the crowd and the stadium, all all of the, those things outside of, of being on the field is what you remember. And so you just get hyped and you just get extra juice. Brian Logan is on BYU Sports Nation. Let's talk about specifically this BYU football team and maybe most importantly, the starting quarterback position because we learned from Kalani Satake yesterday, officially it's down to a three-man race between Jaron Hall, Baylor Romney, and Jacob Conover. Brian, knowing what you know, having the conversations that you have, who do you think is going to be the guy that starts against that juggernaut Arizona that you have pointed out <laughs> in early yeah. September? Arizona is Boo Boo Johnson. I'm just going to say that, man. Boo Boo. Anyway, uh, I would I would say Jaron. Um, Amen. I think he gives you the, the the best opportunity to to win. And what to me what what that what that is 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 it's like this it factor, right? And and we talked about it 
you know, the whole time with, with Zach, something you can't really just put on, you know, you can't label it as far as an athlete, if an athlete has it or not. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't think at this point I could say that, that, that Jaron has it as strong as, as Zach, but you know, you, you still see that, that burning, that desire, you see that the leadership, um, you see that the dedication, you hear stories of him putting extra work in and, and all those things, you know, as, a, as an athlete and just as an analyst, I got to say that's, you know, he's, he's got to win just because of the work ethic. Right. Um, and, and as a player, even on the defensive side of the ball, whenever I saw my quarterbacks work hard, man, it did something to me. Cause I'm, cause you know, Traditionally, quarterbacks really aren't as, you know, athletic, right? And, and, and you know, I know Jaron is, but at the same time, the, the, the assumption that comes with the quarterback position, you kind of, you know, I almost want to say like, okay, I want to step my game up. I don't want to look bad or, you know, I want to rise to the occasion. If we have a, a quarterback that can lead us to, to victories or put us in positions to win games, you know, I want to do everything that I can do. And, and so I think the leadership skills um, being able to to walk it like you talk it, you know, practice what you preach is is kind of what I see. So I think I think obviously, you know, first and foremost, that that is is what you know allows him to to be in the league. Brian, we need to talk football more often, specifically the defensive side. We can't do that today because we're out of time, but that just gives us reason to have you back on again soon. So get yourself ready to talk BYU football defense the next time we do this. I'm, I'm ready, man. And, and look, when Ben sent me the list of questions, I was like, there's no way we're getting this. <laughs> I, talk, I talk way too much. You're, you're, in, you're in Blaine status now. We prepped three questions. <laughs> I, 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 I was wondering why I got like 10 questions. I was like, what did don't they, they, they not remember? We're more prepared now. And, and shout, out to, shout out to Uncle B, man. Um, I'm in competition with him right now. I see him at the gym. You know, Let's see the guns. See my arms a little bit. Hey, best wingman ever, Uncle B, at the gym. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> best wingman ever. Duly noted. He, he does many things well. We Brian. don't know what that's like in a gym. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot, uh, I forgot you guys are, are married. Yeah. Hey, now. Mm-hmm. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Brian, good to catch up with you, man. Let's talk again soon. You guys, too. Have a good one. Brian Logan on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Brian, being Brian, man. Yes. Love it. Good to, good to talk to him again. Uh, shots fired at Arizona on multiple times. Hey, I'm, I'm in that camp, man. Boo-boo Johnson. <laughs> Coming up. Michael Bluth of Track and Field joins us from Eugene as he prepares for national. Is there still money in the banana stand? Of course. Plus, summer polls are back. You know what that means for BYU fans. And the best sailor hat logo? Yeah, we're going there. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, is Provo weird? (laughs) I'm being asked to say maybe. I would say yes. Is that a bad thing? Not really. Check out the latest episode on the BYU Sports Nation Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube account. That based off a commentary from Keaton Slovis, who came to Provo in 2019 with USC. Hey, you from Portland to Provo, you just keeping it weird, bro. No, 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 no. <laughs> Portland's weird. <laughs> He's but Provo's Jordan. not weird in the same way. It's I not am even, Spencer it's Linton. Not even close. This is, in some ways, a weird, uh, oh, weird. show. Yeah, weird. BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> Peculiar is the word that uh, I would use. Yeah. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Ramp presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Remember this, kid. 
Yahoo. Okay. Pete Thamel of Yahoo reports a 12-team CFB playoff as preferred uh, model being presented going forward. Does it matter how many teams are in the playoff to you? Yes, it matters how many teams are in the playoffs. Just strictly by percentage alone. If Why? Because if a team like BYU wants to have greater hopes and ambitions than an expanded playoff, will only fuel that mathematically speaking. Now, whether it's logical or realistic, that's another conversation. But mathematically speaking, 12, much better chance to get into that than a four-team playoff. So, yeah, it, it matters, and it will continue to matter to BYU fans as expansion occurs. And, and we think it's going to be 12, so there are going to be four teams to get a first-round bye? There's a sweet spot to where you don't dilute the regular season. I don't know what that number is. It might be eight. I'm thinking it's eight. Twelve feels like a lot. That way, if you lose two games, you're basically out. Right now, two games, you're done. You're not going to get in, probably, like 95%. Okay. Right? So I kind of like the idea of an eight instead of a 12, but I'm not necessarily going to complain about more in this case, I think. It's fun. Again, I like 12 because, as I pointed out in the conversation we had a few weeks back, there are six big-time bowl games already set up. They can. It's already in place to have six games with 12 teams. Yeah, if you need the current infrastructure. You make the other bowl games relevant and not just the two college football playoff bowl games. I like more relevant, more money, more teams. Papa John's. BYU football. We're wearing shirts that said, quote, rebuild, refocus, restart. Is this season more about rebuilding? Hopefully not. Refocusing or restarting? Restarting. Uh, rebuild is the secondary, specifically the safety. He's just trying to replace Troy Warner and Zane Anderson. You have Chaz Ayu, which is great, um, come back from injury. But, no, I think it's a restart. This is not a rebuilding here. This is a – this is – Especially on offense, there's a lot of guys back. And uh, I'm excited about this team. I really, you know, it's it's an eight-plus team. Let's go. See, to me, it's about refocus, number one, on top of that list. Because it's hard to kind of get lost in the, oh, so great in 2020. We're back. BYU football is legit. Ranked power. And you notice on that shirt, one of those words is filled in in block letters in royal blue. And it is refocus. So I think that... Kind of in a way, BYU football feels that way too. All three are important, but I think the refocus of, hey, if we want to do this again, and you absolutely need to refocus in on the details. It'd be hilarious if one, if one year BYU went into year and like, who knows what's going to happen. Hopefully we win seven. <laughs> oh hey, my goodness. Another college, uh, Fox College football summer poll. Uh-huh. BYU's involved. Uh-huh. This one, which school has the best sailor hat logo? Um, any doubt that BYU takes this? No. This is the favorite BYU logo for a lot of BYU fans, and BYU has a bunch of great logos. I'm just trying to figure out what some of these other sailor hat logos are. I do like the Oregon Duck. The Oregon Duck, I saw a lot in Portland. I think the Miami Hurricanes logo is fun. Yep, that's the one they wore when BYU beat them, right? And that's probably why I like that one the most. I think, yeah, exactly. I think that's the one, right? <laughs> but okay. The, the rest, North- I mean, the rest, I'm kind of yeah. Like, like Miami and Oregon, I think will compete with BYU, but the Sailor Coog is. I think that's going to be number one. Okay. Before my parents divorced, my dad's a North Carolina guy, so I grew up on North Carolina until I moved to Utah. I was. Okay. I like. I liked both. So that Tar Heel is a, is very familiar. To okay. Me, right. The one that was weird was uh, UNC Wilmington. 
It's like a like a green bird what, what, with a. What is that? Hat. I'm, I'm not exactly what sure. What is? I'm questioning the graphic design. Top, top right. Of the 80s and 90s. What is that? And why are all the tigers the same? Auburn, LSU. Is that <laughs> Michigan? Or, or Missouri? Or Missouri? Is it Michigan or Missouri? Oh, because they're all tigers. Auburn Tigers, LSU that Tigers, sense. Missouri yep. Tigers. And then OXY? Don't know. Is that OX? I have no idea. I don't know what that is. I have, I have no idea. Baylor Bears, Cal Bears. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> OSU Beaver. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? And had the biggest teeth known to the history Seriously. of beavers. That's that's an expensive dental bill, okay? <laughs> He really takes the cake. Yes. What's the, what's the, the bulldog? Tulsa? No. Bulldogs? Do you, do you, I don't know. The don't ox, know. the oxy, that might be what's a sleeper. The, it's a 16-seed <laughs> sleeper. Oxycontin has a logo? <laughs> Coming up, top five Tuesday, the best pro basketball players from Brigham. Did Jimmer make the list? Oh, plus, ooh, good tease. BYU track and field, All-American Michael Bluth will discuss money in the banana stand, of course. And what's made the difference for this team to go top 10 level? This is BYU Sports Nation. Here's some money. Go see us. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We have a new radio show and podcast called Deep Blue, where we explore the most compelling stories in BYU sports. I chatted with Mitch Matthews, compelling conversation about the Hail Mary stuff uh, I hadn't heard, and how he dealt, dealt with his mother's funeral and his own wedding in the same week. Uh, excited about this. It's going to be, it airs on Saturdays. If you want to listen live, 1230 Mountain Time, but uh, the podcast will be available right after that. Each week. Welcome back to the show, live in Studio B, another edition of BYU Sports Nation, and another edition of the show that features an All-American. His name is Michael Bluth, returning to the show, representing BYU track and field on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Michael, first and foremost, congratulations on another amazing season. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a great season. Uh, We would be remiss if we didn't start with this, because we talked about it last time. We have to. Have you watched Arrested Development yet? No, I, I have not. Uh, I... <laughs> All right. What, 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 what are you, student athlete competing in nationals? What are you, busy? I you, got, mean... you got bigger and more important hey, things? <laughs> will, will you watch the pilot after the season? Uh, I'll do it. For you, hey, Jim, you. I will, I will hey, sit down and watch the pilot. Thank you. Commitment pattern it's on, on ne- display. It's on Netflix. I know that you'll be blessed for this decision, Michael. It will be great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, you're at Nationals. You're in Eugene. Um, competition starts you know, tomorrow. Your, your stuff starts Thursday, I believe. Tell us about the vibe, the energy. It all comes down to this. You guys have been competing all year for this. Um, that's a great question. I we're excited. Um, I, I can speak for myself and, 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 and the men's team and, and the women's team. We're all very excited to do as best we can. The goal is uh, podium, which is take top four. And, I mean, I, that's ideal. That's optimal situation where, you know, everybody's got to perform to what we know that they can. We're obviously going to get some great points from Connor Mance and, and Cameron Bates, but there are a couple others that, like, if we can score and, and, and take top four, that would be just ecstatic. That'd be awesome. The men's team spent the better part of the season, Michael, ranked in the top 10. This program has gone to an elite level, and we don't use that word lightly in Studio B. So what's made the difference 
this season and made it unique and special in that you were able to take the next step? Oh, what's been the difference? Um, we've been drinking drinking the Kool-Aid that the, the cross-country team kind of kind of gave us. Um, Coach Iceland did great with cross-country, and then, you know, we've, we've all been rallying around some of those distance guys and, and some of our, the other field events, that, like our, our, our pole vaulter, Zach McCorder, who I, I think he's on the show. He has been an absolute stud, and we have a couple other guys, that like uh, Colton Yardley and Hurdles and Cameron Bates as well who have just been performing this year. And, you know, the idea is do as well as we can and then lay it up next for next year. You know, there's some incoming guys who are going to be just as good, if not better than some of us outgoing old guys. But it, it, it's, it's been exciting to see the growth and development of, of the team as it comes across. Tell me about this, because you talked about it, cross country. Their success has led to increased motivation that, hey, we can do this on, in track as well, which has been awesome. And the track team's been good, just – gone to another level right like cross country BYU is known as the distance running school that's sort of the perception out there yet you compete in the 400 and the 4 by 400 and the 4 by 100 so there's some speed there what's it like for you guys to sort of rep BYU in some of the faster events there it's it, it's been awesome the the sprint events are you know heavily heavily stacked uh, I'm, I'm running up against some some really, really fast guys who are ranked in the world as, as the top top guys who you know have, have posted some of the fastest times, um, and it, it's it's about time that like you know maybe some of these the, the sprints or some of the field events kind of like repped our, ourselves out there with the distance guys. They've been they've been pulling us along, but yeah, I mean we've we've been here ready to kind of do our part and and help hopefully bring home some sort of hardware, some sort of hardware from from the national meet. Have you ever recorded yourself in a 40-yard dash? And if so, what is it? Not technically. Like, I, 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 we've, we've, we've joked around um, on the track with spikes, kind of like running through, but I've never been on a field put on cleats and actually run a 40-yard dash. Because um, we, we, first off, we're in meters, so yards to meters. We'd have to do some – we'd actually have to face it out with yards. But <laughs> – I, I wouldn't say I'm the fastest 40-yard dash guy you've ever met. Some of those those guys, what they posted this year in for the pro day, sheesh, those were lickety-split quick. Yeah, we saw a 4-3-1 from Chris Wilcox. We saw a four, another 4-3 from uh, Mike Simon. So I'd, I'd love to see who the fastest is on the track team just so we have kind of this comp with the football team at some point. That'd be, that'd be fun, right? Could we line that up at some point? That would be awesome, actually. I, I know of a couple of guys who would love to do that. I, I mean, I'd be down, but I know, I know specifically two Colton Yardley, Don Draper, Heisen could post up some really quick times. So, uh, you know, some of your some of your teammates involved in the four by one, four by four, four hundred. Um, what what's it like for you as you go into some of these events? That there, there's one event that you're going to do like 90 minutes later. Um, physically, what's that going to be like competing in those? Well. Um, I, I'd like to say I have, I have the best coach of this side of the Mississippi, Kyle Grossars, and probably the best coach of that side of the Mississippi as well. But he, he trains us for this. Um, our, we have workouts, and he has designed our kind of training phases to lead up to regionals and nationals. And it's all about, you know, staying in the moment, executing what you can do, and then kind of being present for and kind of getting prepping up for the next race. I have, yeah, I think a 90-minute window. Colton Yardy, he's going to be doing the 400 hurdles. He'll have like I think an hour, and it's you know we got it. We got to do what we can in our race, and then get ready for the next one. Staying there, kind of mentally, 
and physically so that we can execute what we know we can um, in, in the later race, which is the 4x4 at night. I'm always fascinated about the emotions that go into a race, especially right before that pistol fires off and you go. What are you thinking about mentally, and is your heart racing? Are you going through, because you've done so many times that you're even keel? What What's happening in your mind and emotionally at that moment? I would say the, the ball of nerves for me at the regional meet came when I was sitting next to Bryce Stedman, who is 44-5 kind of guy, and I sat next to him, and I kind of got a little bit nervous, but I, it, it kind of just takes over. I've, I've been doing this for many years. Um, I, I know what to expect. I know what to do. My body kind of just takes over. So we walk over to the start line. We, you set your blocks. You know, the officials are yelling at you to get your fingers off the line. Um, and it just, you know, we've done this so many times. It's, it's just muscle memory at that point. Every now and then you'll think of funny thoughts or so, but um, it, it just takes over the reps and you, the gun goes off when they say on your mark, set the gun goes off and you, your body just takes over and you run your race. Michael, at some point before the race starts, maybe it's an hour before, a half an hour before, I just want you to think of the BYU Sports Nation karma because we're going to give it to you, and it's going to take you to that next level. So embrace the Gregorian (laughs) chant in your ears right now. The karma is headed to you in Eugene, Oregon. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) And we can't wait to talk about Arrested Development, but after the most important thing, and that's the races. If, all right, all right, you, I will if, do. If you win a natty, you need to cross the line and yell, there's money in the banana stand! <laughs> if I win a natty, I will absolutely do that, Jeremy. <laughs> absolutely. Yes! <laughs> Thanks, Michael. Good luck to you. Thank you very much, guys. Michael Bluth on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Listen, if he wins the natty and yells that, that's maybe the greatest moment of your Sports Nation history, let's be honest. Coming up. <laughs> Money in the banana stand. <laughs> who gets, and then he pulls it out and just, who gets today's Elite Boy? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and Top 5 Tuesday. <laughs> up next on BYU Sports. That would be so awesome. <laughs> This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Download the pod, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, rate, review. We're showing you basketball huds for a reason, because that leads us into Top 5 Tuesday, which features the top five pro basketball players to ever come out of Brigham Young University. Number five. Jim Eakins, 6'11", 215, played in the uh, late 60s, early 70s. Oh, look at the footage of Jim Eakins. Drafted in the fifth round by the San Francisco Warriors. You heard me. Ten seasons in the ABA NBA. 11 a game, seven boards. That's second most from any BYU player ever. Two-time ABA champ of the Oakland Oaks. Very creative name. And the New York Nets. ABA All-Star one year. Not bad, Jim Eakins. Number four, Mel Hutchins. Six feet, six inches out of Sacramento, California. Second pick in the 1951 draft. One NBA Rookie of the Year. Yeah, dude. He also had four all-star appearances. Hutchins is the only player along with Wilt the Stilt Chamberlain to lead the NBA in rebounds during their rookie season. He averaged almost a double-double over his career. 11 points, 9.6 rebounds, and he dished out three assists per game in seven seasons. Love, Mel. 
Rest in peace. Number three, Fred Roberts, 6'10 from Provo. Second round pick to the Bucks in 82. Played his first season in Spain, though, oddly enough. 15 seasons in the NBA. Played until 97. Seven uh, points a game, 50% field goal. Two. At number two, seven feet, six inches, Sean Bradley. Straight out of Castledale, Utah, and Emory High School. Played one year at BYU, served the mission, then was drafted second overall by the Philadelphia 76ers in 1993. The Storm and Mormon made the NBA All-Rookie second team after his first season. Was the Blocks leader in 1996-97, and he was in Space Jam. Yeah, dude. Number one, Danny Ainge. Yeah. No question. Drafted by the Celtics and Blue Jays. Played in the majors while at BYU. Two-time NBA champ. One-time All-Star. And, uh, of course, we're talking about a player, but, of course, GM with Celtics. Coached the Suns as well. Big win for the Suns last night. Woo! No Jimmer. No Jimmer. No. Didn't make it. All right. Our question of the day. Not about the top five pro hoopsters, but the 2021 BYU football schedule. Is it the toughest in history? Seven power five teams. If not, we don't think it is. What do you think? Which season is the toughest? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at DA4 underscore life. I feel like you can't accurately answer this question until the end of the season. Some teams' preseason rankings are higher than what will actually happen and vice versa. On paper, yes, it's tough, but how everyone plays is a different story. But again, that's why we do this, because we we want you to project. We have five hours to fill. (laughs) Every week. A week. Today's Rise and Shoutout is brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Shout-out to Mike Roth, the Gonzaga AD, who it was announced yesterday, uh, after 24 years, is going to retire. Some epic battles there, and good relationship with Gonzaga. And BYU. Absolutely. Best of luck to Mike. Yeah. It makes you wonder, Tom, how long is he going to stay here with BYU? I hope it's a long time. Hopefully a long time. Yeah. Shout-out to Barrett. Our thanks to today's guests, Brian Logan and Michael Bluth. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. No time, bro, even in June. <laughs> For Jeremiah and Spencer, shout out to Greg Kite. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation at noon Eastern. Go Cougs. Ten weeks ago, ten 